Hello, everybody. This is Carrie and Casey. Um, Hi. Doing the last, hopefully, quarter of chapter one. Oh, we've already done four. Well, this is the fourth, but um, chapter one takes forever. There's a lot packed into chapter one, and it's taken us a little bit longer to go through it than we expected. Um, but hopefully, you all are getting it fast. Read it on your own. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Um, hopefully you're getting some good stuff out of this as we go through it so um, future chapters we will try not to do them quite so long um, but there is a lot in chapter one to discuss that is pertinent to future stuff I think that's why it's taking a little bit longer um, that's true so Case do you want to pray yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> um, um... God, um, thank you for today, and thank you that uh, we can get together and talk about your word, God, um, and thank you for, um, yeah, just um, everything that's in chapter one. Um, I know it's taking us a while to go through it, so there's got to be a lot in there to talk about, and so thank you for that. Um, yeah, and just thank you for the accessibility that we have to read um, your word and learn about it. Uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hit me with it. Not literally. Verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. I think you should read verse 27 with it because it just continues with right. the same sentence. Right. I was just going to say gave them up is the same word that we were talking about earlier. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> All right, um, so verse 26 and 27, because it'll make more sense to put both of them together. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And so... There's a lot behind what's, what these verses are talking about, especially in our modern day context. Um, there's going to be a lot of different thoughts about what's, what this is talking about and what it means. Um, just so everybody's aware of that before we start this discussion. Um, so it starts off with, you know, God gave them up to their vile passions, right? So if you think like gave them up, as we were talking about earlier, that's not necessarily a bad thing. He's doing it for a reason, for a purpose, and it will ultimately turn out for people's good. Right? Um, do you have anything to say, Case, about what it means by vile passions? He looked at some very strong language. Vile. <laughs> I don't know. I would almost equate it with lust. The sinful nature of our heart that everybody has a vile, vile nature within them, because that's part yeah. of sin. We all, yeah, we all in sin, right, basically want to do sinful things. We want to do things that are not right in God's eyes. And in that way, like, we're all vile. Vile is a very strong word, but I love Paul for that, because he's not afraid to call people out for what it is. Whereas, like, oftentimes like you meet people and they want to be like almost too nice about it um 
and not that that's not I think you want to you want to be kind and loving in the way that you talk about things but, and talk to people about things for sure and like respectful but you also need to say things in truth and that doesn't always sound very loving even though it's the most loving thing you can do um so I think saying that hey this is vile but I like knowing that like Paul was calling himself vile too like to a degree also mine doesn't say vile mine says dishonorable passion which was that same word that was used earlier Mm -hmm. right so. Mm -hmm. so the next part for even the women exchange the, the natural use for what is against nature likewise also the men so to remember he's saying both it's not a charge against one or the other burned in their lust for one another men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due mine says um they were consumed with passion for one another. I just think consumed is a good word there. Like, yeah, my sense true of burned and lust for one another, but like consumed is a, a, a stronger word there, I think. I know burned and lust is pretty strong. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to give us a different perspective, because we were talking about lust a little bit earlier, um, I think consumed is a good word too. Like, I think everybody becomes consumed with things so we can all sort of relate and understand like hey that's like i know what that means or i know what that feels like to be consumed um obviously it's not good like they were consumed in sin um but if you use the word consumed in sin you can also say that somebody's consumed in god and i think that that's a, not that paul is talking about that here i just think it's good to remember like um you don't always have to be consumed in sin, but everybody has been at some point in their life. That's a good thing to point out. Everybody has been. Yeah, and so I think also pointing out like 26 and 27 is not the end of the list of all the sinful things that men do. Nope, not remotely. Um, there are so many 28 things. through the whole rest of the the chapter also has this continuing list of all of these simple things. Um, oh, oh. But like bringing back to the end of verse 27, um, receiving in themselves the penalty of the error which was due. Do you have any thoughts about what that means? Receiving in themselves due penalty. Um, I think the first thing I thought of was that um, this, like, Paul was laying it out, like, here's things you shouldn't be doing. And then by doing these things, they basically received the penalty for their, for what they shouldn't have been doing, um, for the error, right? How we were talking about, like, the wrath of God earlier, like, the punishment, like, they were receiving that without receiving it immediately and I think that's something that we also don't talk about either like we talk about like the wrath of God happening like immediately or like something but that's not always the case like you could in when you're committing a sin you're basically saying like hey I deserve like I not deserve because we all deserve that's the wrong word but like I should get this punishment 
but we don't see that until the end right like we're not going to see the actual like fruits is also the wrong word but like we're not going to so, see the punishment or the penalty until later usually I, I, so a story came to oh, mind and i can't remember which bible chapter or book that i read this in but i read it sort of recently so you know forgive me if i don't remember the details but like how dare you <laughs> there was a king i um, who, you know, was, I think, following God and then, like, turned away and then did something wrong. And so God was going to send there was many of those. his wrath or his punishment. And so then the king repented and turned back. And God was like, I'm going to withhold this until your son. And then I don't remember what the son did. So, I'm like, but thinking, like, if the son was also, like, repented and turned toward God, God would again relent and withhold the punishment until later. Mm -hmm. um, until yeah. there was somebody else who, who turned from him and then his wrath would come again. Oh. That makes sense. When you were, yeah, when you were sharing that, I thought of, um, because honestly, that happens a lot where somebody in the Bible, and nowadays stupid to see it in the Bible, right? does something that um, turns from God, commits sins, does dumb things better. And then God's like, oh, I'm going to punish them. And then, like, if you think of, okay, if you think of, like, I have two examples. The first one that came to mind was Moses. Um, the Israelites, like, were basically, they grumbled a lot. I don't remember if this was exactly then, but they were always, like, and maybe I have to see, I don't want any of this. And this and I'm basically very whiny people. Um, things they just complained all the time. Um, which, if you were in the desert for 40 years, I would probably complain too. So I can't even say, How dare they? Um, because I would do the same thing, probably. Um, how dare you? But there, they would, they would like you. repeatedly, thank you, they would repeatedly do things against God or that were dishonoring to God as we were talking about earlier um and God like at one point was just like okay well I don't I'm done with these people because they're not going to honor me and they're not going to keep my covenant then why am I putting time and effort into them which is the terrible way of saying that but basically that was the idea so and yeah then, but think about like if you're like a parent and you're waiting for your child to you know come back to you after 40 years like your your patience would also be tried so just just pointing that out yeah not that god's continue anyway <laughs> yeah um and so moses was like and this happened in multiple multiple times i think this also happened in with the 12 spies sent to the canaan and other other times where basically god was like i'm gonna be done and then moses was like well god like we maybe rethink this like you shouldn't um send your wrath on these people and god was like oh okay moses <laughs> like it's just like okay like it just turned like they like he would he would go to god for the people and then the people would be saved and that happened a few times and then oh what was my other example oh and jonah okay so the city of Nineveh was like terrible. It was almost like Sodom and Gomorrah level. Like it was just bad. They just were doing terrible things. And then God was like, all right, Jonah, 
go save them and or basically go talk to them about me and Jenna was like what no that's a terrible people I'm not going there and Jonah hated the Ninevites it was not pretty very much it was yeah anyway so Jonah didn't want to go very bitter against them yeah so much that he ran away and they got thrown into the ocean and eaten by a whale so Jonah begrudgingly right he doesn't want to he goes to the city of Nineveh and goes into town and is like hey God's going to send his wrath, repent, or be destroyed. And they're like, <gasps> oh my goodness! And they like turn and they like... Something fight. that I learned was that Jonah's message was a whole like, you know, five words or something. In yeah, it was so sh- he was literally... It was like, very short. He didn't, he he didn't say anything. He was like putting the least amount of effort possible into his job. <laughs> it was, was like five words in Greek or something like that. It was very short. Yeah. It wasn't even like what you would imagine like a street preacher today where they're like yelling at you like hey repent because the time of god is coming or whatever like it was literally like hey god's gonna destroy you if you don't repent like real simple like and they're like oh no we need to repent and like the entire city as culturally custom right like they like tore their clothes they wore sackcloth they like had ashes everywhere because that was a very morning like sad thing that you would do um like all the things and then he went outside of the city, sat by a tree or whatever, and like sat on a hill, not a tree, um, and waited for God to destroy the city. But they had repented, so they he didn't. And Jonah was like, "Yeah." And then really? Jonah was like, "Really? You should just really? kill me now." <laughs> right? These people are terrible. You just kill me, and if you're not, just I'm done. Like I don't want to be a part of this. Even though, like, he knew that because he knew God would spare them because he knew they would repent. Like God is good that He would do that. I think it's so funny that in knowing god's nature knowing his goodness and not liking these people jonah was like i don't want to go i want these people destroyed <laughs> but then they got yeah, so yeah he he was like so funny um, sitting under this tree and like talking back to god and be like really sort of like because then god started a flower so like protected from the yeah. sun and then withered the flower and then withered so the flower. tree he was on a hill i was wrong when i said tree oh, he was yes, just on a hill it was very burning hot. The sun was like beating down on him. Yes, this is true. Um, but like, Jonah was like throwing God's own words back at him. Like, God, you're so, you know, compassionate and you're so, you know, righteous. I don't remember what word to use. But like, that's some sort of throwing God, them. How dare you? <laughs> he was like throwing them back at God. Like, how dare you be this way? He laughed. Oh, Jonah. Um, and I'm like, well, I've probably done something similar. <laughs> Like, so. yeah he's like god like why are you so compassionate like just kill me now like i can't stand this you should not be mm-hmm. compassionate against these people mm-hmm. yeah god will turn his wrath if people repent but people do not always repent mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different sins and a lot of different ways that people can do wrong things and here you know I don't know that this is a complete list of every sin in the world, but like there's a lot of things listed here. And like also realizing that to God, every sin is equal. And so like we would hear and like in our society, we like have this hierarchy of certain sins that are worse than other things, you know, like murder is the worst thing or something or rape or something like that. Those are the worst things. And in God's eyes, every sin is, is equal. A sin is a sin. 
And so thinking about like all of these things and that every person has sin and everybody's done wrong things and it's different for every person, but we're all sinners in God's eyes. Uh Doesn't matter what we've done, we're all equally evil people. Um, Uh So as we go down here, um, this is this next part is just sort of a list. Um, So verse 28. And and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Yours probably says a little bit better case. (laughs) Okay. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. So I like how they both use the word debased, but the other part is like so funny. Right. Well, I, I think... like how it says. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, nope, you go. Fine. I just was saying, like, I like, like, like they did not retain God in their knowledge. I just find that that's an interesting mm-hmm. phrasing. Like, he's not saying, oh, they didn't mm-hmm. remember. They just did not retain him in their knowledge. Um, just that's an interesting way of putting it. Like, yes as you think about the context earlier was like they knew God and they have every reason to see him there's no excuse and yeah. here and now he's saying they just did not retain this like think about like going mm-hmm. to school and your teacher's trying yeah. to knock something in your head and it goes in one ear and out the other and you're just like I did not retain that information but what's happening right here God is like you see me but it's going in one ear and out the other in your eyes and out the back of your head like <laughs> you're just not retaining anything that I'm pointing towards you <laughs> Yeah, I was actually going to say the same thing, except it, that um, whereas yours says they didn't retain the knowledge, mine says they didn't acknowledge him. Um, so I think it's it's similar, like they saw him, right, but they didn't acknowledge that it was him, like they didn't even acknowledge him. And I think that's just, yeah, like you were saying, like I think it's just such an interesting way of putting it, but it's such good imagery, especially if you go back and talk like in what we were talking about earlier, where like they knew God, they saw him, like he's very clear and evident. And then they just went whoop, right over their heads. They didn't like care. They didn't want to pay attention to it. Um, yeah. And then this again uses that phrase, um, "God gave them over" or "gave them up." You know, it's that same phrase we were talking about earlier. Um, God gave them over to a debased mind. So, what is this word "debased"? Based on like context of what you're talking about, like it's very much like a. Um, they're like faulty, sinful, wrong, fallible, corruptible minds. Like our minds are broken, and God is like, "Well, here you go." <laughs> yeah. You know, so right. I guess sort of the word that I'm thinking in my mind is like insane. He just like gave them over to insanity, <laughs> doing all these things. Um, but I don't know if that's correct that they say. Um, I don't think that's right. <laughs> Um, so Google debased, um, reduced in quality or value. That that sounds more broken and less insanity. <laughs> <laughs> just just that insanity is a little strong. Like I said, like I could be wrong. That's just the thought that came into my head. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say I do think that looking back now, knowing what we know in the Bible, like we can say they were insane, but we do that today. So like it's not even. So God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. Um, Mm -hmm. Letting them have free choice to do the wrong thing because ultimately the wrong thing will help them realize that they're doing the wrong thing and come back to them. 
or it, it will in some way be beneficial to you. Like he will work his good in there if you let him do that. Uh, verse twenty nine. I think every I think everything can be used for like God's glory for sure. I just don't think it always is because we're just um, you don't let him. Like, no. Nope, yeah, we're, we're very faulty in that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going into verse twenty nine. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whisperers. Um, do you want me to just keep going down the list? Um, yeah, we can go back over them in a minute. Just go read the next page. Okay. Backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Let's start with 29. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. And then it has a period. And I think that's cool how it, how it like does that, where it's like, all manner of these things and then it like lists them more specifically mm -hmm. um but it's like all manner of evil and then it just lists them like how we were saying earlier with um how it's saying they were filled with all manner like they were all consumed earlier with sin mm -hmm. um so i just think that's a cool way to also connect it back mm -hmm. like you're being filled with it to the point of being consumed and overwhelmed and overtaken. Mm -hmm. To the point where it takes over everything in your life and that becomes like the object of the thing, which then becomes the thing that we want to worship over God. I like how yours says um, they're whispers because mine says they are gossips. Which mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing, but if you just say whispers, I think that's kind of funny. Like it could be like missed, like, oh, it means that they're like they're whispering to each other because they're gossiping about somebody or spreading lies or rumors. Slanderers, mm -hmm. um, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, which I like the phrase of inventors of evil. Um, disobedient to parents which doesn't seem like it should fit in here. Um, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Um, I like how they stick disobedience to parents in there. Because if you think about like the Ten Commandments, right? And they're like, obey your father and your mother. But I don't think it's something that we always think about as being sinful and bad. Um, but I think that's also something that you have to be careful about because there are so many parents that are just not good and like you don't want to obey them for many reasons but i also think like if you're thinking like disobedient to parents often you're gonna think a kid disobeying their parents you know that's just sort of a normal thing that kids do but also thinking like as an adult are you honoring your parents yeah i think honoring is a great way to phrase it because people don't always i think this is where we get to um where last week we talked about obedience and what that looked like. Um, we don't always like the word obedience and being obedient to somebody else. 
uh, especially somebody human like parents but I think honoring where we're like oh I want to honor my parents but we don't always want to be obedient to them but those are the same thing almost in this context I think obedient is used in a lot of different contexts and both taken in good and bad ways like if you're at work and you have to follow the rules you know you're being obedient to your supervisor or you're being obedient to the rules of the workplace whatever that is but then also thinking of like some people will take that out of context and be like you know you're such a goody two-shoes or something like you were saying last time like you're so righteous <laughs> you know trying to take a word that's that's a good thing and trying to turn it into something that isn't mm -hmm. yeah i just yeah so i just think that's um something to remember and think about mm -hmm. i guess within that there's a question specifically with being like obeying your parents i think that's a question that i don't know if we could talk about today i don't know if we have the time to um but what is it and i shall answer <laughs> What does it mean to obey your parents when you have parents that aren't for your, like, after you're good? As an adult, if you, like, if your parents are, they're not good parents, um, like, how do you honor them and honor God, but still are able to be healthy and, like, stand up for yourself almost? I think it's also going to be dependent on context and like you want to be honoring to people and you know at the same time of like when things go wrong like God will understand that and he has mercy on people he has compassion so like when people are in a bad situation God knows he understands that he has compassion on you um and Yes, but how do you practically do it? Because it's going to be very dependent on context, like how you're going to be honoring to them and also, you know, taking care of yourself. I guess that's something I don't necessarily have to explain so much as maybe if you're listening and you are in a situation like that, just think of ways that you can be honoring to your parents. Um, While also taking care of yourself. Yeah, and also making sure you're obedient to God first. Because there, there are situations where honoring God or yourself is more important than honoring your parents. Um, I don't know if more important is the right word there. But. Well, I, I would say that, like, say, like, if you're, you're, honoring yourself. you're in a situation where, you know, you live with an axe murderer and your yeah. parents are going to kill you, it's more honoring for you to run away. You're going to honor yourself better, like an extreme example. Extreme example, like it's going to be honoring to yourself and to God to run away and get out um, rather than to be killed. Yeah. And I, w I will say if the context is less like death, <laughs> um, definitely pray through it, talk through that with God, because it's going to be dependent on your situation. Um, I just know I have... I have a lot of friends recently that I've been talking to or um, have heard them talk about their parents in a very not I don't want to say they're dishonoring their parents but it wasn't necessarily the most honoring thing and I guess as a friend I don't know how to because I want to listen and I want them to be able to express their thoughts and feelings openly and they can totally 100 percent but um 
I don't know how. I think it's also important case to point out that it's, it's not wrong to have certain thoughts or feelings. It's more like what you do with them and how you respond to having yeah, those. That's 100% true. Um, yeah. So it's totally okay to, to feel those emotions and to have those thoughts. It's how you respond to them and what you do with them. 100%. And I would really love to give a better answer. And it's also really <laughs> context dependent. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's also very, very context dependent. To think through, I guess. Something to pray through. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Um, and then anything more before we go to that last verse? Foolish, faithless, heartless people. Um, no. Verse 32. So last Elena. verse of our, our section. Last verse of, of chapter one. <laughs> Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. That is some strong language that those who practice such things deserve to die. <laughs> Which, so he's basically saying everybody deserves to die. Everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, yeah, people, what's so funny to me is that people take, I think people take this, not necessarily this verse, but this like thought or idea out of context where they like very much pick on. They like pick a sin that they're like, oh, I'm so against this, and then just like tell people that those people deserve to die, which is not loving, not godly, not God honoring, not honoring to them, not honoring to yourselves. Like we're talking about this whole thing, and I'm like, that doesn't make. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. I think also remembering that like, in in one way or another, throughout the Bible in different places, God tells everyone that like judgment is his like he is the one who judges not us and so taking ourselves out of that place of judgment like, we are not supposed to be judging people that's not what we're here for okay so um i just <laughs> yes well, everything you were saying god is the judge okay yes but also um there's no but and also I think it's, I, I love how the way that Paul says this, like, it's not just like, hey, you practice this thing, so you deserve to die. It's, it's those who know God's righteousness, they know his decree, which, as it said earlier, was very obvious and evident, like everybody should know, like it's been revealed, but those who know his righteous decree and still practice deserve to die. And I think that's a very interesting, I think, I think that's a very interesting point there, because yeah. I think people assume that it applies to everybody, but no, he's saying that, like, you know it, and you do it anyway. That is when this all comes into play. Right. Which, really, it just means, hey, you know what sin you have, or sins you struggle with, or different things that you, with God, you have, like, control over that, and you have power to stop it um, in God, right? So, basically, Figure out what sin it is. Figure out what's separating you from God and stop doing that thing and start doing something that'll bring you closer to God instead. Because that's the big problem. Like being, like knowing God 
and knowing what he says and knowing what he's called us to do, but still doing the thing that you know you're not supposed to do doesn't make sense. Like that doesn't work and it doesn't add up. Mm -hmm. I also think pointing out that like, I know you said you're like, just stop doing it and then go towards God, but it is not just as easy as just stop doing it. Right. In a lot of cases, it's not an easy, simple thing. You can't just stop. Right. It takes a lot of work. It's not gonna, um, yeah, it's not gonna happen overnight where you're just like, well, I'm done and then you're done. Like, you're gonna struggle with it again. You're gonna like feel the same feelings of wanting to do the thing. Like, you're just, you're gonna have all these things, but you have to work through it. It takes a lot, a lot of work. work. Yeah. And, you and bring people into your life about it. Mm -hmm. I'm very bad at that. <laughs> no, like having, having people help you. Everything yeah. that's going on in my head, my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, sort of things. Like, I'm just bad at that. You want to know facts of my life? Great. I can lay them out for you. You want to know anything else? I'm a little less good about talking about that. A little less good? That's English. <laughs> but bring people in to talk to you because having somebody to walk through with you and hold you accountable is Accountability is a huge thing, yep. Oh, yeah, man. Also, yeah, God is literally community in the Trinity, so why aren't we community in the church? I don't know. Like, it just, let's fix that, shall we? That's all. Sorry, I have some um, strong thoughts about things. <laughs> <laughs> um, one more thing about this verse, and I don't know if it's necessarily important to point this out, but saying at the end, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So they do it themselves and then approve that other people are also doing those things. Okay, so do you remember when Jesus was saying how um, anyone who causes one of these little ones to sin, like, it would be better for them if a millstone was tied around their neck and they were drowned, basically, in gas in the river? I just think that this, like, it's, it's a good imagery to tie back to, because it's, even if, if you're practicing something but you're like not if you're telling other people not to or you're not dragging them into it obviously you still shouldn't be doing nothing but it's worse if you're like saying hey you should do this with me or like hey you can also do this thing or whatever it is like it's just it's it's worse because you're bringing someone else into sitting with you or it'd be better to not bring someone else with you not that you should be doing the sin anyway but it'd be worse to bring someone with you. Right, so it's, it's worse to lead someone else astray. Um, or if you think of sort of like that metaphor of like we're all the sheep or whatever, and you, you know, let the sheep out of the, the pen and you let them go and let them go astray, um, it's worse for you than if you're just the sheep that goes off by yourself alone. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that metaphor made any sense, but like... That's what it, it, I think you mixed a few metaphors <laughs> together to get that, but I understand. But I also will say, like, um, any as a sheep that goes astray, right? God's gonna leave the ninety-nine to find you and bring you home, but He doesn't necessarily want to go chasing the whole flock. Okay, why? Why? Why would you do that to your shepherd? Doesn't that make sense. Take the whole, take the whole flock with you. No, don't. He would, he would don't. totally do it. He would totally go after you. He would totally go after each, yeah, each and every one hundred sheep. Would go after you. Falling. Okay. I'm like, if you had the choice to go wrangle one sheep or hundred sheep, wouldn't you choose the one? <laughs> right? Like, you're like, oh, let's 
All right, that one. Let's get that one. That looks easier. <laughs> Not that God will ever take the easy way out. Don't get us wrong there. But we're just anyway. we're just saying don't don't take other people with you when you go. Not that that's necessarily an easy thing. Um, especially like sinful behaviors are more often like done in the presence of other people who are also doing them. So say like smoking or something and like you often get started on smoking because your friends were smoking. Um, That's you do a terrible a example, but yes. Do you have a better one? No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like drinking, like you drink because your friends drink. Um, it's, it's just sort of like the way in, like you're with people who are doing it. So we're also doing the simple behavior. So one thing to think about is like the behaviors are not necessarily all bad. Like drinking alcohol is not necessarily this whole bad, big, sinful thing. Like, you know, Sin Jesus Jesus thing. turned water into yes. wine. Like he wouldn't have done that if it was a sinful thing for people to be drinking wine, right? God does not sin. God does not tempt. God will not lead you to sin. Um, that being again, said, I have also yeah. never drank alcohol, and neither has Gary, I don't think. I did once because I didn't know that's what it was, and it was awful. Really? Oh, tell me about it. When? Um, <laughs> so, when I was in Northern Asia, um, uh, oh, a two-week trip, okay. <laughs> or, it was like two-and-a-half-week trip, and anyway, I was staying at a, at a university, and they had this sort of a, a international day, and so everybody had a booth out for the different like minority groups or whatever that were on the campus. And we Americans had a booth. And anyway, one of the groups had these little cups out on the table and students that I was with were like, really wanted me to drink it. And I'm like, okay, I'm just thinking of some sort of sample of something because it's still fair. I wasn't thinking anything at all of like alcohol, right? <laughs> you know, like these little big cups, you know, I probably should think of that, but anyway, I tasted it. Very tiny, itty bitty little sip. It's the most awful thing I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's so but, Yeah, funny. that's the only time I've ever. Anyway, not that that matters. I just thought it was interesting. But uh, yeah, everybody has their own different ideas about like drinking isn't necessarily a sin in and of itself, um, but it's how you go about it. Anyway. That might have been way off topic with talking about smoking and alcohol, but also I was just examples. trying to find some examples and this is what came to mind. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of examples. But uh, yeah. Yeah. do you have any more thoughts on Romans chapter one now that we finished? Um, the whole chapter, chapter one, we talked about trinity we talked about being saints talked about grace apostleship obedience righteousness unrighteousness wrath infallibility incorruptibility um the creator versus the created and the creature right worshiping the creator um being foolish versus being wise um and basically not to practice sin and not to make other people practice sin with you. And I think that covers everything. It was a very list. Yeah, anyway. A very long list of stuff that we've delved very deeply into. So yeah. 
Do you have any final thoughts on chapter one? Or this part of chapter one? No, no, no. Cool. In that case, I will pray for us and we will be done. Yay! Okay. Um, God, um, yeah, just thank you for this discussion. Um, I know me and Carrie can get off track a little bit sometimes, but um, just thank you for your word and that we can um, discuss it and laugh and talk about all the seriousness all in one topic. Um, God, we know that your word isn't something to be taken lightly, but you also have a sense of humor. So um, anyway, just thank you for that. Um, and thank you that, um, yeah, that we can do this. Um, yeah, just help us to listen to you better, God, um, and be obedient children um, and to love you and honor you. Um, and show us how to do that better because I know sometimes we're really bad at that. Um, yeah. Thank God for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bam! I'll say that. Okay, bye! See everybody next week. Not uh, physically, we're not gonna see you. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to make it weird or anything? <laughs> 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 <clears throat> okay, bye, Nara. <laughs>